There have always been varying degrees of racial prejudice here in America. Sadly, many of the racial inequities down through the years have been passed on from parents to their children, often not because of any action or affront, but merely because of a difference in skin color. Historically, these divisions have found African-American families on the short end of the stick when compared with their white American counterparts. The institution of slavery is undoubtedly the most tragic example. But even after black America's long progression toward civil rights, many have found themselves not only in another kind of civil war, but in another kind of slavery as well. We'll talk about that and about what black parents have taught their kids about rebounding from a tragic history and what they should be teaching them. That's today on Licensed to Parent. Well, hello. Welcome once again to Licensed to Parent. As we've said many times before, this is a program about facing the tough issues our teens are facing these days and guiding them through it, all from the perspective of a biblical worldview. Licensed to Parent is the radio outreach of Shepherd's Hill Academy, a year-long Christ-centered residential program for teens in crisis and, by extension, for their families. And uh, we're just taking what we learn inside the gates here and bringing it out to you so that you can be a more informed and intentional parent and, we hope, avoid the need for residential care. Our host is Trace Embry, the founding director of Shepherd's Hill. I'm Rich Rosal, and Trace... We all know that uh, some people have a better start in life than others, and it's up to us as parents to equip our children with the tools they need to do their best in whatever circumstances they find themselves. Mm -hmm. But I think some would fairly argue that the toolboxes from which white parents equip their kids are perhaps better toolboxes that are better stocked with better tools for success than the toolboxes that many African-American kids receive from their parents. So I guess we, um, we're we told then that we need to level the playing field for the African-American population. But to quote Dr. Phil, how's that been working for yeah. us so far? Yeah, well, you know, to be totally honest, Rich, uh, this isn't really my field of expertise. But I can tell you this much. If everyone's looking for a perfectly level playing field in every aspect of life all the time, we'll all live our lives in grievance mode until the day we die. You know, uh, some of those common complaints that parents hear from their kids are, you know, uh, that's not fair. You know, Johnny got the biggest bowl of ice cream or Susie got a better gift than I got. The coach's kid never comes out of the game. Uh, Of course, you know, there's the common complaints that kids hear from their parents, too. Like, you can't fight City Hall. You know, the system is rigged. Joe got promoted because he's friends with the boss. And, of course... The coach's kid never comes out of the game. And so it goes. So, so none of this means that we don't try to make things right when we see injustices. Uh, and certainly things need to be done when an entire people group gets marginalized and treated worse than second-class citizens. Uh, and things were done, and, and things are still being done. So while we're trying to figure out where and when the pendulum should stop swinging uh, so that we can all move on, there's an elite group of folks that are profiting big time by keeping that pendulum swinging, and, and, and they don't want to move on. Their, their livelihood depends on sure. not moving on. Uh, but in the, in the meantime, we have to keep plugging in, in ways that are congruent with Scripture and God's ecosystem for success. But when it comes to teaching our kids how to effectively deal with racial inequity or you know, equal opportunity, I think the biggest problem is that we don't teach our kids anything at all, at least not in you know, most white homes. I think it's largely because whites have historically not been the victim of racial discrimination and not been, or at least not until recent times, anyway. Uh, black homes, I, I can't speak about because I, I just don't know. I can speculate. Uh, but there's no need to because 
that's one of the things uh, we hope to learn from today's guest. This is, this is a thinking man. He adheres to uh, uh, more of a long-term effective strategy for the plight of the minority family or, or any family for that matter. Uh, the things uh, he, he, he talks about are, are just common sense truths that are logically, statistically, and biblically backed. Uh, if I had to guess, he'd be a proponent of the old Chinese proverb that says, give a man a fish, you feed him for a day. Teach him to fish, you feed him for life. Uh, hopefully today he'll, he'll teach us all uh, how to fish. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and welcome to today's Outdoor Living Program. Well, let me introduce our guest. The Reverend C.L. Bryant is an African-American Baptist preacher. He's a former radio and television host as well from Shreveport, Louisiana. He's also the former president of the Garland, Texas NAACP. Now, Reverend Bryant became very disillusioned with the uniformity of thought that was demanded by that group, and he found himself moving more to the right politically. Uh, he is a dynamic speaker. He's a preacher with nearly 40 years in pastoral ministry. He's even been a missionary to South America, and that includes the Amazon. He's a senior fellow at Freedom Works in Washington, D.C., and a founder of the group One Nation Back to God. He's also written. In 2010, he penned the nonfiction book entitled Lead Us to Temptation, Deliver Us to Evil. He also produced and released the independent documentary Runaway Slave in 2012. That was a movie about the race to free the black community from the slavery of tyranny and progressivism. And in 2016, he released the film Red, White, and Black. He and his wife Jane have four children and 12 grandchildren. C.L. Bryant, welcome to License to Parent, brother. Thank you so much for having me on. It is my, uh, it's a signal honor to be on with you. Well, thank you. I, I regret to say that I have not been all that familiar with, with you until recently, but I, I, I can't tell you how much respect I have for you after hearing a, a little bit about your story and how, how you've risked so much to uh, better understand the critical issues uh, that we're, we're all experiencing today. Uh, can you briefly tell our listeners how you came to understand uh, what you and I both wish more people uh, would come to understand? It began in my home, actually. Uh, my father, a World War II veteran, grandfather, World War I veteran, and my great-grandfather, Spanish-American War veteran, and um, two-parent family. It doesn't take a village, um, I was taught, to raise a child. It takes parents uh, to raise uh, children. However, in ministries like yours in today's times, that we have a fragmented and broken uh, family, it is necessary for those of us who understand that it takes parenting and mentoring to come alongside those who have been perhaps less fortunate than we are, whether they're white or black, and show them the principles of the American dream. And uh, I was taught that the American dream is simply three or four things. It's the ability to keep your family safe, fed, warm, and dry. And that within itself, does in fact incur upon the individual to take responsibility for where they're going and who they are and what they will do with their lives. I became a conservative because um, I was asked to speak at a pro-choice rally uh, nearly 30 years ago now as president of the NAACP by Dr. Benjamin Hooks. When I refused to speak at that rally, my star that was rising very rapidly in the NAACP organization abruptly, gentlemen, began to set. And I told my wife, Jane, 
you know, they just don't want to control me. Mm-hmm. They want to control uh, the agenda as well and use me as a tool to control this group of people. Mm-hmm. And that's when the odyssey that I've been on now uh, for nearly 20, 21 years uh, actually began. And so we can talk a little bit deeper about that, uh, if you will. NAACP has always been a well-respected organization by both black and white people, but uh, some people might say they've outlived their need. Uh, How do they feel about you today, and have they outlived their need? Uh, Yes, indeed, uh, they have as far as affirmative action is concerned. And you were talking earlier about the playing field being leveled. Well, uh, newsflash for everybody listening, uh, the, the playing field has never been leveled throughout the history of mankind. In fact, the, the, the history of mankind is a story of tragedy and suffering, and only Jesus offers the victory that we find over the happenstances of uh, human existence. And so surely you cannot expect uh, the playing field to ever be level, whether you're here in China or America or Russia, wherever right. you are. Uh, but the Judeo-Christian ethic has, in fact, produced the greatest nation on the face of the planet True. and the greatest success story the world has ever known. And, friends, that must not go away, regardless of uh, people like the NAACP wanting to create a narrative and a social engineering that does take us down a path that is not equitable for yeah. any of us, especially when we talk about reparations. Yeah. Many white people don't know whether to spit or wind their watch for fear of offending someone who isn't white. What, if anything, should black and white parents be teaching their kids that might help quell some of these fears and foster racial reconciliation? Telling our story of victory in this nation. Many times we point to the areas of uh, darkness in our nation. Each of us have lived our lives and each of us have those dark places in our lives. And we find that if we dwell on those dark places, it hinders our progress forward. And that's exactly what's happening here in America today, is that we are spending so much time dwelling on the darkness that, yes, did exist at one time in our nation, instead of examining and focusing on the victory Mm -hmm. that our nation does represent as a light to the entire world. I do believe that our country is divinely blessed from sea to shining sea by God, who our founding fathers saw necessary to place in our founding documents when they tell us that we are endowed. We have an endowment by our creator, and those rights are inalienable. I don't know who Thomas Jefferson had in mind when he penned those words, but when he did pen those words, I can tell you one thing. He guaranteed that the day would come when the great-grandson of former slaves in this country would be talking as a free man to other free men of white skin, if you want to call it that, or black skin to a nation. Yeah. He guaranteed that that day would come. Yeah, and I think people overlook the fact that I think, uh, you know, I would say God has spanked America along the way for our injustices. I mean, 600,000 lives in the Civil War. Uh, wasn't a slap on the wrist, you know, to get this thing straight. When do we say, look, and it's easy for me as a white guy to say this, I get that. But when do you say, I can't redo the past? We got to move on. When do we come to that point? We come to that point when we realize that uh, the three-roomed house that we live in 
uh, the room of the future, the room of the now, and the room of the past, uh, we come to that point when we realize we spend too much time in that one room of the past. There's not a picture that you can move in that room. There's not one thing that you can change about that room, not even the color of the room, that room of the past. And once we begin to dwell in a place where there is nothing that you can do about it, then you begin to waste time. And that's exactly what's happening mm-hmm. here, and that's why we see such a blight in so many communities where people grow up generationally lost because they have wasted time dwelling on things in yeah. the past, things that they cannot change. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you mentioned uh, 600,000 lives lost in the Civil War, over 300,000, uh, 320, 25,000 of those were Union soldiers. Actually, General Robert E. Lee were, took out more Union soldiers than Southern, uh, than Confederate soldiers were lost. The fact of the matter is, if we're true to history, General Robert E. Lee was one of the greatest generals our nation has ever produced, uh, whether you like him or not, even in defeat. Uh, he was very successful in waging that war. My point is this. The soldiers on the Union side, on the blue side, 320,000 of them lost their lives. Do we give reparations to their families for freeing the slaves? That's a good question. Do we take into account that they may have never met a slave or seen a black person, but yet they lost their lives in a war that did ultimately free the slaves? Do they get reparations too? There are all types of scenarios that will be brought to bear by anyone, any family who's ever been mistreated in this country if we pursue this folly. So trying to change what happened before never works. Absolutely. You know, right now, the victimhood mentality is very prevalent in the United States, and this is not just among uh, certain members of the black community, but but people in general. If they feel that they are wronged in any way, they are victims, and, and everything is goes south from there. Um, what advice would you have to parents to to help stem that uh, in their kids, to help turn their kids around so that they they look for opportunities to excel rather than opportunities to be victims. Parents must teach their children the art of responsibility, and I call it an Amen. art because it it takes an artful mind to say, "My life, if I am directed and guided by God, is a series of choices." And I decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to let him order and direct my steps. That's a choice. But if I blame someone else for my uh, shortcomings, then that squarely takes the responsibility off of me and the choices that I have made, which is a very easy thing to do because I don't have to do anything. And the hardest thing to do in life is nothing. Because when you do nothing, you never know when you're finished doing it. <laughs> nothing is the, is the hardest thing That's exactly in the right. world to do. Yeah. And so you have to do something. And something is taking responsibility for your actions. I think that's out of guilt. I think, you know, 
you know, devil can't make you bad, it'll make you busy, right? And so I think the parents are, are so busy, you know, trying to make ends meet, uh, and they're entertained just as much as their kids are on their farm. I think they're, I think they feel guilty, and and uh, uh, I think that fosters some of that. But you know, we have a tendency to think that change for change's sake uh, is a good idea. And as G.K. Chesterton once said, he said, you know what? Before you tear down a fence, figure out why it was put up in the first place. And I think there's something to be learned from that. But as many see it, the elephant in the room for black families is the fact that there's uh, there's no dads in the home anymore. And, you know, in some areas uh, of the country, it's 70%. I think uh, maybe as high as 80% in places like Detroit and Gary, Indiana. Uh, what would the reappearance of responsible dads in the homes of the south side of Chicago do uh, to the uh, the calamity that's going on there right now? The progressive liberal design and the social engineering has basically outlawed the black father in the home. And it began back during the great society of Lyndon Johnson, right. my movie, Runaway Slave, does deal with that. Mm-hmm. The progressive liberals have actually socially designed a system now that black people have fallen into, Mm -hmm. uh, whereas they have allowed the heavy hand of big government to become daddy. And if that black male shows up in the home, then the benefits that are used to control a group of people is taken away as a chastisement. It really is a different kind of slavery then, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely there is, and it's, desi- it's by design. Mm. It was designed to be that way. You see, the mascot uh, mentality uh, has to exist in order to keep that voting block in place. What the progressive liberals have found is that the slave does not necessarily seek freedom. The slave seeks comfort. Yeah. As long as they can have more food in the bowl, a, a, a roof over their head that does not leak, a soft bed to lay on, and perhaps an income that they don't necessarily have to work so hard for, the slave will actually trade its freedom for comfort. Thus, the Obama phone, free education uh, for everyone, free medicine for everyone. The slave does not seek freedom. Slaves seek comfort. And that that is what they learned from the slave masters back in the day. Uh, You know, and that's exactly why in my film we refer to... Uh, the Democrat Party as a plantation. Boy, oh boy, it's hard to turn away free stuff. That's true. Our guest on License to Parent today is the Reverend C.L. Bryant, a senior fellow at Freedom Works in Washington, D.C., and founder of the group One Nation Back to God. We'll continue our conversation right after this brief break. You're listening to License to Parent. Everywhere we go, we're surrounded by screens. Have we entered into a techno-utopia or a virtual prison? Prison. Prison. Is our social experience richer and deeper or more shallow and artificial? Discover insightful answers to these questions in the documentary DVD, Captivated, Finding Freedom in a Media Captive Culture. You'll learn from media experts, church leaders, and inspiring individuals and families from across the country, including Trace Embry and students from Shepherds Hill Academy. Most importantly, you'll discover how God's Word addresses the unique media challenges we face today. 
captivated. Finding freedom in a media-captive culture. Available in the store at LicensedToParent.org. Proceeds benefit the Shepherds Hill Academy Scholarship Fund. Teen rebellion, depression, addiction, rage, cutting, and suicide are destroying our families today. But there is a way out. Shepherds Hill Academy offers a 12-month Christ-centered nonprofit residential program where kids are being transformed with a biblical worldview and often medication-free. Christian apologist Ravi Zacharias is just one of many Christian leaders who understands what's happening at Shepherds Hill Academy. It really is such an honor to come alongside Shepherds Hill Ministries and licensed parents to rescue those who have been seduced along the way. Uh, I cannot gainsay how important this is, and to get behind a ministry like this, one will find the rewards to be extremely powerful in changing society. Get the help you need at Shepherds Hill Academy. Go to HelpMyTroubledTeen.org. HelpMyTroubledTeen.org. You're listening to Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherds Hill Academy, and you'll find us online at licensedtoparent.org. As a reminder, you can hear past conversations there, including one of a very similar nature that we had last time with Pastor Bill Owens. And again, that's at licensedtoparent.org. And our guest today on Licensed to Parent is the Reverend C.L. Bryant. He's a senior fellow at Freedom Works in Washington, D.C., also founder of the group One Nation Back to God. And we're talking about the fact that uh, today we may think we're free from slavery, but in fact, we're enslaving ourselves even more. Yeah. Trace? Well, CL, what would you like to say to the the black single mother of three who the light bulb has come on for her as a result of this conversation, maybe? Uh, who's And she's looking for a way out of the lifestyle that she feels like she's drowning in right now. Uh, what encouragement can you give that lady? It's not an easy lift, and it's going to take courage. And it's going to take uh, someone who discovers their inner character. And the best way to do that, of course, is to lean and depend on Jesus Christ. Amen. However, I will give them this. Please do not sell yourself or sell yourself out to someone who will help you pay your bills. Don't sell your bodies to them or your time to them. You cannot fix what you will not face and take responsibility for yourself. Uh, I know that many times women, uh, before the light comes on, find themselves in situations that they cannot seem to overcome. But understand that greater is he that is in you than any outside force that is in this world that you believe is keeping you down. Victory can be yours. And you can have it if you will pursue it. Mm -hmm. That is a part of the great endowment that you have, not only as a child of God, but as an American citizen. You have the endowment to pursue your life, to pursue your liberty, and pursue your happiness. But to that black woman, to that woman, whoever she may be, white, black, or otherwise, you must pursue it. And you must be willing to to have the courage to do the things that's necessary for a short time or for the long time to make sure that you 
are pulling yourself out day by day, the hole that you find yourself in. You can do it, and God will see you through it. Those are great words. Uh, I'd say also read Ben Carson's story, his mother, and how she did things. And It may be that you're going to be on a long uphill climb until your your kids, if you've instilled proper things into them, may help bail you out and make the second half of your life uh, one that uh, uh, is, is a major blessing. So what would you say to the, the single 30-year-old male who's fathered three kids from three different mothers and, uh, you know, just doesn't support any of them. What, what, what word do you have for that guy? You must take a very sharp, honest, clear look at who you have become. You have become a rapist, and you have become a person who is abandoning his responsibility. If you do not take care of your family, you are worse than an infidel. That is hard but truthful medicine to take, but it will cure you. If you take a look at who you are, Mm -hmm. Uh, there is a personal responsibility that every man must take on. And if we find anything in the story that God gives us of Adam, Adam shirked his responsibility by standing up and saying to his wife, Eve, this is not what we should do. This is what we should do because God said to do it. Men... If there is one thing I will leave with you, we can point to just about any situation in society. And in my opinion, we can always trace the family, the, 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 the ills of society back to some man who shirked his responsibility. Boy, is that so true. men stand up and be who you are and who you were designed Amen. to be. Uh, Our guest today on Licensed to Parent has been uh, C.L. Bryant, a senior fellow at FreedomWorks in Washington, D.C. You can learn more about FreedomWorks at freedomworks.org. You'll find his program, The C.L. Bryant Show, wherever you get your smartphone apps. And um, C.L., if uh, folks are interested in learning more about your nonfiction book, Lead Us to Temptation, Deliver Us to Evil, uh, the documentary Runaway Slave, or your 2016 film, Red, White, and Black, where do they need to go to learn about that? Go to the website, com, and my new book, A Race for Freedom, is there. It's featured there. Once you click on the website, it comes up boldly. The uh, A Race for Freedom, the website, com. And thank you so much, both of you, for having me on with you. God bless you. And God keep you is my prayer for you. Continue to fight the good fight. Yes, sir. I know that you will because you are. <laughs> Thank you so much. I appreciate that. You've been a, a blessing to, to speak with today. Well, you'll find us online at licensedparent.org. Incidentally, while you're there, a reminder that you can hear our past conversations on a variety of topics crucial to today's Christian parent and Christian teen. You can also check out Trace's blog and learn more about Shepherd's Hill Academy, a year-long Christ-centered therapeutic residential program for troubled teens. As we mention each week, residential care is so very expensive. It's It's a prospect that most families would never want to face financially. And we'd hate to think that a family couldn't get the help that it needs simply for lack of funding. Now, we're committed to doing our part every day to offer what help we can, but we need others to do their part in order for this work to continue. So if you feel that God might have you step up in this area and help financially, we would be most grateful. 
and your donation in any amount would be a big help. You can donate securely online by clicking the Donate tab at the top of the page when you visit LicensedToParent.org. Our guest coordinator on License to Parent is Daniel Fasina. Our technical producer is Carl Peets. For Trace Embry, I'm Rich Rosl asking you to let a fellow parent know about the program and then plan on joining us again next time to renew your License to Parent. And remember, folks, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. God bless you. See you next time.